Thanks for tuning into the XL Legal Podcast, an interview-based podcast for lawyers devoted to practice excellence and wellness tips. I'm your host, Shelley Appleby-Ostroff, legal talent development consultant, writing coach, and former practicing lawyer, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I am so excited to be speaking with Ruth Carter about conquering office clutter. Ruth's a lawyer, former therapist, prolific blogger, professional speaker, and best-selling author. Welcome to the XL Legal Podcast, Ruth. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks so much for being here. I love the name of your attorney at work column, Nothing But The Ruth. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time. And I really enjoyed your most recent post about office clutter and hoarding. And I'm wondering, with over 100 posts on attorney at work, what inspired you to write the most recent Overcome Clutter and Hoarding in the Office? Advice from the expert. It's the things that I encounter in my real life that inspire me to write for my blog and for attorney at work. So two things came together to inspire this post. One, I actually love the TV show Hoarders. I'm a regular viewer of it. And there are also at least two people in my office who may be on the hoarding spectrum. So <laughs> the combination of the two inspired me to explore this topic a little bit more in depth. Okay. And how were you able to access Corey Chalmers, the, uh, you know, one of the featured experts on the, the TV show Hoarders? I sent him an email and he responded. It, it was as easy as that. I was a little shocked when he said, I would love to, to be interviewed. And then I was so impressed by how thoughtful his responses were. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and did you talk specifically about uh, why office clutter might be a problem for lawyers uh, with Corey? So Corey said that lawyers are in the top five professions of people he encounters in his work with hoarders. So it didn't surprise him that some lawyers have a problem with hoarding. Uh, and then we were able to build on that to talk about hoarding in the office and what problems that can bring up. Okay, and so what were some of the problems that he identified? So, there may be times when the lawyer themselves may know where everything is, but if they're in a situation where they need a paralegal or colleague to go into their office to find something, that may be problematic. Um, I actually lovingly refer to one of the people I work with's office as the office of hoarding. Um, <laughs> and, and he smiles when I say that, so it's not offensive. Um, <laughs> He has paper everywhere. I barely step into his office because I don't want to disrupt whatever system he has going for him. And if he ever said, I need you to go into my office and find this piece of paper, I would be very frightened. I don't know how likely it would be that I would be able to find it. Um, mm -hmm. And then on top of that, um, there may be issues with, let's say, you're in a car accident or worst case scenario, you pass away and your coworkers have to step in and take over your cases. Will they be able to, um, based on your 
organizational system or lack thereof in your office. And thankfully, we are an internet-based society. Hopefully, everything is digit digitalized, but mm -hmm. there's no guarantee, um, especially if like things like your notes um, are so in your office somewhere. And mm -hmm. then things that are found in all types of hoarding situations are things like fire hazards or uh, situations where you have so much clutter that you have to worry about things like rodents or bugs, um, which could impact um, the entire office or building. Right. Wow. Yeah, that, that's something we don't want to think about. That's for sure. Yeah. And I'm wondering how you mentioned about the lawyer in your office who seems to have some type of system. And I've heard that from people who from an objective perspective, seem to have a lot of stuff. They'll say, oh, you know, I can, I can find everything. I know where it all is. But how do, how do we know if we have too much stuff in our office? I think that's a question you have to really deal with on a case-by-case -case basis and ask yourself, can you access all the areas of your office? do you really know where everything is? Like if you take a step back and look at your situation, honestly, do you really know where it is? I mean, some people do. I've, I've worked with people who have paper everywhere and know exactly where every, everything is. So those people do exist, but there are other people who tell themselves, I know where everything is, when really they, what they might be saying is, well, it's in this giant stack of paper somewhere, um, which may not be efficient when maybe you're in a time crunch and you have to find something now. Uh, and mm -hmm. that may be a way to test yourself is when you are looking for something, how long does it take you to find it? Um, and then in the worst case scenario, if somebody had to come in and make sense of your office, could they do it? Right, right. Yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, you talk about how long it takes to find something. I have a pretty neat office in terms of paper, but my digital files, it often takes me so long to find things where I've saved them. Um, and so it, it's funny, I, I don't know if it sometimes comes out in one area and uh, you know not another, or if there is a relationship between the way we manage paper or files, whether they're electronic files or, or paper files. Um, but anyway, I was just thinking about that. Like, why does it take me so long to find things? My office is so neat and everything is in order. <laughs> I think Maybe a that's a topic. Yeah, I think people forget. Just like you need an organizational system for your physical space, you need a system that works for you in your digital space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. And so I'm wondering, too, like we mentioned some some of the things that lawyers will say um, in terms of the amount of stuff in their office. No, I can find everything. But what are some of the things like we can, what are, I guess, what are some of the, the common excuses that lawyers uh, come up with for having just too much stuff in their office? And how can we challenge those and maybe help some who are reluctant or, or don't know where to start to declutter their offices? I think something that Corey said that made perfect sense to me was if 
Yeah, if we were required to keep our offices clean as part of getting paid, every lawyer would have a sparkling clean office. So, <laughs> but on the flip side, I get it that maybe keeping your office neat isn't a priority because we are so focused on taking care of our clients to, um, doing billable work that things like taking care of the paper clutter in our office goes by the wayside. And maybe we don't realize that we've created a problem for ourselves until it's a big problem for ourselves. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about those um, lawyers who might say, you know, this is a matter that's ongoing and I, I'm going to be needing this stuff for X number of months, maybe years. I mean, we could have files that go on for years. Um, what do you say to someone who said, well, I might need this one day. I don't need it now necessarily, but I might need it one day. How, how do we convince them? <laughs> Someday will never happen. So if <laughs> if anybody says, I might need this someday, that's not real. Someday is just an idea versus I know I have this meeting coming up and I need this document or I'm looking at a document on my desk right now for an ongoing matter that I'm waiting for the client to get back to me. So his project is at a standstill until he does. But for the meantime, this piece of paper is still sitting on my desk. Um, and so the question for me becomes, when is this piece of paper interfering with my ability to do my job effectively? And if mm -hmm. it is something that I have a digital copy of, it doesn't seem like I'm going to lose anything by adding it to the shred box. Or if I've added notes to it, I can run it through the scanner put a copy in the file, and if I need to print it again, that's okay. I, I try not to kill trees when, when I can, but it's a balancing act between um, being able to function as a professional and not wanting to print the same thing out day after day. So if it is something that's ongoing, yeah, it makes sense. You print it out once, you use it every day. But once you stopped using it and it is essentially collecting dust, that's a time to assess, is it time for this to go? Right. And go could mean simply scanning it and having an electronic copy available. So it's not gone forever. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder, like, in terms of the benefits of an uncluttered office, what about enhancing productivity? Is there any sort of correlation between a neat office or a clean desk and a more productive lawyer? I think that varies from person to person. Some people like having clutter around them and they feel more productive in that situation. Um, or they like the perception that comes with it that they're busy because look at all my paper, I have to be busy. Uh, whereas <laughs> other people are the opposite. They need an uncluttered office because they need physical space to give themselves mental space in order to think efficiently and be their most creative self. So I think that really varies from person to person and you have to know which one you are to know what you need. 
Right, right. Good point. Good point. Because I think a lot of the times it's, you know, it's coming from outside. People are saying, you know, your office is a mess. You really need to clean it up. Um, but that's their issue as opposed to the person who's living in or working in that office. Not, It's not bothering them for whatever reason. Um, and hopefully we aren't getting to the point of having to... Um, becoming uh, an episode of the of the hoarders uh, <laughs> we've got to have an intervention uh yeah did Corey talk about that I mean has he ever gone into any uh offices or is it mostly homes I haven't watched the the show myself but my understanding was it mainly homes it is mainly homes occasionally it is um somebody who has um storage facility spaces like they've rented a unit or units and they're cleaning that out because they can no longer afford to pay thousands of dollars a year to store the stuff that all they're doing is storing. Right. I haven't seen it where they've gone into an office, but he said if you are somebody who has that problem, there are people like him and professional organizers that you can hire to come and help you sort through your things and declutter your space right and that's good to know it's often something we don't we don't think about that there is help there's help for everything out there uh but yeah having someone come in and just getting started uh but i'm wondering if you know before we get to that point are there any tips that um you could pass on to help lawyers sort of prevent and and conquer office clutter so one of the questions i asked Corey is are there any types of stuff that people suggest keep out of their office? Like if they look up and just look around their space, are there certain things that should just be chucked or taken home immediately? And he said, if something is in your office, that's not work related and something you don't truly cherish or serves no purpose for your job, then why is it there? Um, hmm. And after reading that answer from him that actually inspired me to look at some of the things that I keep on my bookshelf that aren't books um, and certain things did go away after that um, most were donated so it was like I don't need to have a koosh ball sitting on my bookshelf that all it does is sit there now if it was something where I played with it and that helped me um, keep my creative juices flowing that would be different it would serve a purpose but it truly was just, it was a gift. Someone gave it to me. I stuck it on the shelf and it has sat there ever since. So <laughs> things like that, that there is no purpose um, and it's not part of your job. There's no need to keep it there. Um, I think something else people should look at are, you know, kind of take inventory of like what are all the papers that are around me and how old is that case and you may be in a situation where your firm's rule or your state's rule says you only have to keep records from cases for five years you could easily have papers in your office that are older than that and there's no reason to not pick the whole thing up and put it in the shred box if there are no ongoing issues related to it. It's just, it's done, it's just sat there, it can go away. So I think those are things that people can do to, to begin to look around their space and consider their opportunities for decluttering. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've heard something um, recently about a movement called minimalism. And I'm wondering if there's anything sort of from, from that that we could use to help either prevent or um, conquer office clutter. Any sort of tips that you might be aware of? Absolutely. From the minimalists? Yes, I'm actually an aspiring minimalist. Um, yeah. <laughs> I say aspiring because I'm still working on it. I don't think I'm at the point where I have decluttered enough to, to call myself like an actual minimalist. So I'm an aspiring minimalist. Uh, but some of the tips I, like I have gotten over the years from um, the minimalist community are things like if you haven't used something in a period of time, whether it's you know, for some people, maybe that's one year or six months, um, that's an indicator that you don't actually use it and it's serving no purpose in your life. So maybe you should get rid of it. Um, something mm -hmm. that you could do in your office, um, I've done it in my home, is it's called the packing party where you pack up your your space as if you were going to move and then only unpack things when you needed them. And if after a certain period of time, if you haven't unpacked it, that's a way to show yourself, I don't use this and question why do I still have it? Whether there's a sentimental reason to keep it or maybe it is something that can't be easily replaced and you do need it on special occasions. Like for instance, I, I live in Arizona, but I did keep my ski jacket because every so often <laughs> it does get that cold. So, or I do enjoy skiing. So I kept that, but other things like I'm actually looking at a book on my shelf right now that I have never read. I'm not going to read it. Um, that's going to be leaving soon. So mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's about giving yourself, I think, the time and the space to look at your stuff and ask yourself, do I use it? What value does it add to my life? I think that's the real word. That's the real word is value. And if it adds value, that sounds like something that's worth keeping. If it truly serves no value, you, you have it because other people have it. So you think you should have it too. Um, like, for example, one of my coworkers never uses staples. He puts paper clips on everything. That's what he likes. <laughs> He has no reason to have a stapler in his office. So if he has one, it provides no value. It truly is. A, it truly would be a dust collector. So hmm. it's things like that that people can look at to see what's really worth keeping in my space. Right, right. So not to hold on to things just in case we might need them someday. Um, no. Yeah. No. And a good question to ask is, in the event that I really did need this thing someday, how hard would it be to replace? And, and you can do that based on how much money it would cost to replace, how much time it would take to replace, and what's what makes more sense to keep it and have it holding space in your in your life for the off chance you might need it, which maybe you won't for years and years, versus I'm going to open up this space. And in the event I need it again, I can just run down to the store and buy another one or place an order online. And 
it can be here within 24 hours if I needed it. Right, right. Yeah, it makes such good sense. Um, something I heard of um, uh, that the minimalists call the 30 day minimalism game, mm-hmm. I thought was really intriguing. Are you familiar with that? I am familiar with it. It's a game you can play. You could do it by yourself, but you can play it with a friend. And it's it's an easy way to try out minimalism. So each day you get rid of a number of things. And so on day one, you get rid of one thing. On day two, you get rid of two things. And each day goes up by one. So day like day one through 10 might be pretty simple. But if you're on day 20 and you have to get rid of 20 things, that may be more challenging. And so when you do it with a friend, you see who can do it, who can stick with it the longest. Um, and it's really, since it's minimalism, everybody wins because you're clearing space in your life. So even if you don't complete the 30-day challenge, um, but if you do make it all 30 days, you end up getting rid of approximately 500 things from wow. your Wow. That's crazy. But I can imagine like day 30 or even like the day 20, I can imagine how difficult that would be, could be for, well, for most of us. It could be, but if we're talking about like lawyers and paper, I mean, it, it could be really easy to get rid of 30 documents that are just sitting in your office collecting dust. Well, that's true. Or 30 paper clips. Or 30, 30 paper clips. <laughs> or one of my coworkers who has a mountain of highlighters who I think when one dries out, I, I think he just, just leaves it on the stack and doesn't throw it out. Like I, I would not be surprised if he has 20 dead highlighters sitting on his desk. <laughs> but he knows which one is still working. <laughs> I hope. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, great, great ideas. And do you know anybody who's tried this 30 day minimalism game? I mean, I've tried it. I have not succeeded in it. Um, okay. I Like I said earlier, I did do a packing party, uh, which I also got from the minimalists uh, when I moved. But uh, doing the up to 500 things in a month, I have yet to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds kind of daunting. I'm just wondering too now, given that um, you know pretty well everybody is working from home, and it's not just one person with at one desk. Sometimes we're sharing space. Um, sometimes we've converted the dining room table or you know a bedroom to an office. I'm wondering if you know there has been perhaps um, more of a more of a push to try and declutter as a result of more people sharing the same space. You heard anything anecdotally about that? I wouldn't be surprised if the working from home aspect of COVID has given people the opportunity to really examine what do I need to work efficiently? And do you need a giant desk? And for those people who do, then maybe they do need to commandeer the dining room table uh, every morning to do their work. But for other people, maybe they don't. Um, And also to look at how much paper do I need to do my work? And do I need to be printing things off and doing it, you know, pen and paper by hand? I'm, I'm someone who does. So I respect anybody who is in that boat as well. But I think it's giving us an opportunity to re-examine what do I need to function effectively as a lawyer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
So interesting. It's amazing all the sort of um, the things of, that have been, uh, you know, impacted by the current situation that we're in and everybody, you know, working from home and mm-hmm. all the changes. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe we're coming up to a year. <sighs> yeah, it's been a crazy <sighs> year, hasn't it? Crazy, crazy year. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for these uh, great tips and insights. I'm just wondering if there's anything that we didn't touch on, anything maybe in your own experiences as an aspiring minimalist. Ah, the only thing I can think to share is do what's right for you. So, for example, as a lawyer, I only have two suits because I don't go to court every day. So I don't need an entire wardrobe of them. Um, And that's the type of approach I try to take with my office. If it's something I don't need because it's, it doesn't serve any purpose or add any value. I don't feel pressured to do something just because it's maybe the stereotype of what lawyers do or things like that. So I think, you know, I guess to bring it down to like a a short phrase is you do you. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Yeah, yeah. Great point. Great point. And I think we can apply that to so many things in life. Um, Yes, I'm just wondering where listeners can learn more about you. The best place you can find me online is geeklawfirm.com. That's uh, (laughs) takes you to a landing page that has links to all of my socials. So wherever you like to connect with people online, you can see if I'm already active on those platforms there. Okay. Okay. And what's next for you? I mean, you already have such an impressive array of, uh, you know, things that you've been working on and yeah, what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there is always 17 projects in the works of various degrees. So right now it's focusing on my client work. Um, I'm looking at my fall speaking schedule where it looks like we're going to be back doing in-person events. Um, And I am training for the Ironman race. Have you done one before? I have done a half. So this will be my first full Ironman. Oh my goodness. So what does that involve from, for, for some, for someone who like, there's no way I'd ever even be able to consider doing that. So yeah. Wow. So it's a triathlon. Um, So it is a 2.4 mile swim, followed by a 112 mile bike ride, followed Mm -hmm. by a full marathon run, 26.2 miles. You start at seven o'clock in the morning. You have to finish by midnight to be an official Ironman. Wow. And where is this all taking place? I will be doing it in Montreblant, Canada this summer. My neck of the woods. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So all of us who are training in the U.S. are are watching the news thinking, uh, please let us be able to cross the border by August. Yes, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I actually think I know somebody who did that, uh, that circuit. Uh, Oh, it's beautiful. Have you been up there before? I haven't. I am so excited. I've heard so many good things about that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, best of luck with that. That sounds super exciting. Way more exciting than decluttering your office. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Well, thanks again, Ruth. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. 
thank you again for having me. Thanks for joining me today on the XL Legal Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm always looking for topic and guest ideas. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you at xllegal.com. That's E-X-E-L-L-E-G-A-L.com.